everybody, welcome back to Checkerboard Chat, the official sports podcast of the Daily Beacon. As always, I'm Tyler Wombles, and that's to Michael Cole. We're back here bringing you more Tennessee athletics news, updates, discussions, whatever we feel like talking about. This is a special episode of Checkerboard Chat today because we have two special guests here with us. We've got Blake Von Hagen and Will Backus. These two guys are going to be the sports editors next year. We're going to introduce them to you in this episode. So first of all, just Blake, tell us what role you're going to have next year and then talk a little bit about what you've done at the Beacon so far and just give us an overview of who you are. Right, so I'm Blake Von Hagen, like you said. Um, I'll be the sports editor next year. Um, I started out last fall covering, I covered swimming and diving um, all semester last fall. And then this semester I've covered baseball. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting started next year. For sure, and Blake has actually been a pretty renowned swimming and diving uh, beat writer. There's actually been some discussions in the journalism department about uh, his reach and his knowledge of the swimming and diving beat. But no, seriously, Blake has done a great job with us on that beat. He's doing a great job with us on baseball. Um, And so we're actually going to later on in the episode talk more to him about Tennessee baseball. We're going to discuss that, discuss a little bit of some Tennessee football but uh, just Blake, you know, what are you looking forward to about next year? What, you know, what are you excited about in taking over as sports editor? I'm I'm just excited about the whole thing, really. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to Tennessee basketball. I think that the team's going to be really good next year, so that'll be a a fun sport to cover. Um, and then football, obviously, that's a big spectacle around here. So I'm looking forward to you know going to Neyland, going to some road games with Will. Um, and we're looking forward to that a lot. Um, and then just you know running the whole section. Uh, Trying to be as good as you guys are, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, you know, it's very flattering. <laughs> I would say that he's wrong, but he's not. So just, you know, and Blake, it's pretty interesting here, you know, because you're almost like Jeremy Pruitt. You know, you're, you know, taking over. You're, you know, taking over as a head coach, sports editor, you know, however, what, what have you. And uh, so that's sort of interesting. You know, you'll be covering a coach in his first year, uh, with the team, and you'll be your first year on the beat. So, so if I'm Jeremy Pruitt, are you Nick Saban mm. or Butch Jones? Ooh, I'm Jimbo Fisher. I'll be Jimbo, okay. So I'll be Jimbo we've, Fisher. we've we've established that Demichael's Jimbo Fisher. Um, I'm not going to answer that personally. Um, I'm just going to let everyone make their own decisions. I just decisions. cashed a big paycheck around here. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, but now, if you guys want to vote on whether you know, if you want to put in the comments whether I'm Nick Saban or you know Butch Jones, you can. Um, that's up to you. But, you know, as you mentioned, we also have uh, Will Backus here. He's going to be the assistant sports editor next year. So, Will, just, you know, talk a little bit about yourself. What beats have you covered? And what are you excited about doing uh, for the Daily Beacon next year? Yeah, I'm Will Backus. Um, I'm a journalism major. I've covered pretty much everything. I don't think there's really any sport I haven't covered yet, maybe besides track and field, and I'll be doing that this week. So um, I've got a lot of experience covering pretty much every sport at least once. And, uh... I'm super excited to start to work with Blake. I think we'll do a great job, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. For sure, and so since we're sort of aligning you guys with people on the Tennessee football staff, I don't know how we got in this wormhole, but we're here now. So we've got to keep going with it. I guess would that make you – Who did they have an assistant head coach or associate head coach? Have they, has it, they announced who um, that is? Uh, I have no idea. Well, would you want to be – Tyson Hilton. I was thinking sure, Tyson I'll be Hilton. Tyson Hilton. Yeah, okay. dynamic. That's awesome. You know, you you know, now, you can bring a potential. Now you have dynamic. a lot. Of, you have a lot on your shoulders this Some year. West Coast yeah. swag. You have you have to choose the future for Tennessee at quarterback. 
and everyone's dependent on you. I think we're going a little too deep here. <laughs> I'm just the assistant sports editor. <laughs> that's, I, I didn't sign up. That's, that's too much responsibility. I didn't sign up for this. You're gonna wake up tomorrow and you're literally Tyson Hilton, you know, like a Freaky Freaky Friday, Friday type yeah, thing. Tyson yeah, Hilton's exactly. Um, but no, Will. So yeah, uh, Will. He actually uh, covered Lady Vols with me a lot last year. We had a good time doing that. Um, so just Will, just talking a little bit about that more. Having covered, you know, that big B and moving into this uh, assistant sports editor role, how do you think that will help you, and what are you most excited about to cover for next year? I mean, I think it will help me covering football because football's, you know, like Blake said, a spectacle. It's the biggest sport here. But uh, getting my feet wet with something like Lady Vols basketball, it's arguably one of the three biggest sports here. Uh, that's really going to help cover football. And I think it will also kind of help me deal with the pressures of being an editor because I had to do quite a bit covering the Lady Vols and, you know, I'll have a lot of responsibilities as assistant sports editor. And in terms of things I'm looking forward to, I'm just looking forward to running a section and, you know, dealing with the staff. I think that'll be fun. It'll be stressful at times, but it'll be cool. Um, we've got a lot of good guys coming back so far. And um, I'm really, I really look forward to covering the Lady Vols again and covering football. That'll be nice. For sure. And, guys, you know, before we move on here in this uh in this section, do you is there anything that you else would like to add, maybe would like to say to all the viewers out there as they prepare as, for you to take the reins over from us as sports editors? Um, I'm no Donald Trump, so I'm not going to trash talk you guys. Uh, I'm just looking forward to getting started and carrying where you guys left off. We'll be better. Ooh. See, obviously, that's Will's, a hot take. Yes, that's Will's a hot take. He's the offense coordinator. He's yeah. dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys can put in the comments whether you think that they will be. No, don't do that. Uh, it'll hurt my feelings, but yeah. So, um, so that's you know once again that's Blake Von Hagen. He is going to be the sports editor next year. That's Will Baggis. He will be the assistant sports editor. And in all seriousness, I really am excited about these guys. I think they're going to do a really great job. They both have done great jobs uh, as beat writers this year. They've covered their sports very well, and uh, we are appreciative of all the work they've done. And I think that they uh, will take the reins over well. And I think that we will have uh, possibly you know. An, an even better sports section next year. Mm-hmm. I don't, if that's possible, we'll see. But hey man, we we live for high standard here, so yeah. Y'all did, you know. To be fair, y'all, Demichael and I have been a little bit worn down this semester because we had to cover that coaching surge. So you'll that's, be a little yeah, bit more fresh. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, you won't have to go through that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can't chances see. are very slim. We can't promise. Can't. We can't but, promise anything. I mean, I didn't think we would go through it. We can't put in your contract <laughs> that you won't have to go through that because we can't, you know, or an Tennessee. athletic director search or. Anything of that nature. Right. But, you know, we'll, we'll be hoping for you. All right, so now, guys, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. We're going to talk about some Tennessee baseball. Obviously, the Vols have finished up their series with Florida. Florida took two games. Tennessee took one game. Obviously, Florida is ranked number one in the nation. Um, Blake, since you're a baseball beat writer, we'll let you kick this off here. Just what have you seen out of the Vols recently? What did you see with them in that series? And just what are some main takeaways that you have? Well, it's been a pretty interesting season, I think, so far for the Tennessee baseball team. I think you can kind of sum it up with that you look at the James Madison midweek games about a month ago. The first game, Tennessee goes out and wins 10-1, to and you're thinking, well, tomorrow's going to be the same thing. Wednesday, Tennessee loses one of the worst games in Tennessee baseball history, 21-2. to And you're wondering, you know, what's going on here, but... Um, I think the, the main thing is head coach Tony Vitello, he's, he's kind of remained, he's uh, even keel, um, he tries to stay positive the whole time, and uh, I think his, his players are kind of taking that on, and um, you can see it, you know, picking up a win against number eight Ole Miss on the road, number one Florida at home, those are two pretty impressive wins, you know, 
when you're a first-year head coach with, you know, you're, you're kind of using leftover pieces. He's known as a recruiter, so we'll really see what um, he can do next year uh, moving forward. But uh, right now, uh, five and seven in SEC play. Uh, you've got three other schools that are also five and seven, two that are four and eight. So they're, they're all battling. You know, two teams don't make the SEC tournament. Uh, the rest of them do. So I think that's kind of the goal so far for this team is to make the SEC tournament. And uh, they've got themselves in a position, you know, about the midweek, uh, the midpoint here of the SEC season where they can make that happen. For sure. And you did mention Vitello, you know, in that role as his first year head coach. I think, you know, heading into that Florida series, obviously they did drop two of those games, but, you know, one of those games went pretty deep into extra innings. I think a lot of people maybe would not have expected a young Tennessee team with a new head coach to compete yeah. in that type of game. You know, it's the number one team in the nation. So, you know, and just, you know, y'all can chime into here if you want, but what, uh, just, you know, how much do you think that goes for their confidence moving forward? You know, just having competed with that number one team, you didn't, you just won one of those games, but you were close to winning that other one. So what does that do for their confidence moving forward? I mean, I think it has to help. Um, uh, Vitello said, you know, after that, after the, losing that first game of the doubleheader, uh, coming into the second game, he said uh, Florida jumps out to a one nothing lead in the top of the first inning on a solo home run. He said that the mood was kind of flat in the dugout. Um, but then after that, the third inning, they get the offense going and uh, were able to get a 6-4 to victory in that game. And I think you know, that has to help a team moving forward to be able to bounce back, especially after um, on Saturday they, they lost a pretty bad, uh, pretty bad score line in the first game of the series and then, you know, losing the heartbreak in the second game. Uh, to bounce back in that third game has to give you confidence moving forward as they head to LSU this weekend, which will be a tough task for the team. For sure. And just did you, do you guys have anything that you want to say about that? Just what, DeMichael, what have you seen, you know, out of this baseball team so far? And, Will, mm -hmm. if you want to share your thoughts as well, you know, how do you think that will affect them? And just going down the stretch of this season, you know, with Vitello in his first year really being a rebuilding year, do you see them having more games like that where maybe they can compete well? Or is it more just like, you know, a, a, you know, a one-hit wonder type thing where they had that, but they're still too much of in a rebuilding stage to compete like that night in, night out? Well, I think it was a it was a big sign for this team after you lose twenty two to six in the first game of the Florida series and you turn it around after that and you almost win the first game of the doubleheader, then you win the second game. I mean, that's a huge sign for, for a young team and that's one of the main main takeaways I have so far. And then you look at the pitching staff. Um I think the pitching staff has probably been the strongest part of this team this year. Simply because, I mean, um, Serrano was a pitcher guy as well, but Vitello, you know, he came in known for um, his work with pitchers. And, and you can see see it now. I mean, they have a lot of young pitchers on this staff. But, I mean, to get out those Florida hitters were key. I mean, if you've seen, you know, the the numbers that those Florida batters were, had throughout the season, I mean, they're amazing. And you got guys with mm -hmm. double-digit home runs. And, I, well, I think the um, the most home runs a Tennessee player has is, what, four, right? Yeah. Four, four home runs. So, I mean, that, that lineup was stacked. And for guys like, you know, Zach Lagenfelter to go out there and, you know, pitch that many innings in that in that first game of that doubleheader, this pitching staff is definitely the strong point right now. And it has to it has to be that way in the SEC. And me and Tyler have talked about how important pitching is yeah. in SEC. And, I mean, we see, see it. I mean, when you pitch well, you're able to sneak a game away from the number one team in the nation. And, you know, that has to give you confidence. So, obviously, um, like Blake said, um, the goal for this team should be to make the SEC tournament right now. They look like they're on track, but it, it's real tight. And, I mean, one series can change these races. So, 
it's real tight right now. It'll be interesting to see how this team continues to progress, especially with the hitters as well as far as the pitching staff and how far they can actually go. Yeah. You, you mentioned Lingenfelter. That's a pretty interesting dynamic because he starts out as the Friday starter. Yeah. You know, he's known as the guy with the most stuff, the most MLB potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really struggled in the, his first few starts. They, right. they moved him to the closer role. And then um, after that first game of the doubleheader, uh, Vitello said he, he was still impressed with what he did, even though he ended up losing the game there in the 11th mm-hmm. inning. He did pitch four, inning, four yeah, strong he pitched innings well. to keep mm-hmm. him in the game against a really good lineup. Yeah, for sure. And so just, you know, I think it's pretty interesting actually to talk about now. You've got this Tennessee baseball team that competed well against that floor, against Florida, you know, has had some, you know, DeMichael and I have talked about this as well, have had some situations where they've looked better than maybe expected. And you've got the Tennessee softball team right now, not trying to bring them in there and just rag on them, but they have struggled some, you know, SEC play have struggled going on. And that's not exactly what you expected to see from mm-hmm. these two teams heading in, mm-hmm. um, you expected to see, you know, the softball team being as dominant as they normally are, and the baseball team being in such a rebuilding way. So, just yeah, with softball, I mean, now now that we mentioned softball, I think softball is like, I mean, you could predict that this team would be dominant at the beginning of the season, but you couldn't predict that the SEC as a whole would be this dominant. I mean, every team in this league. Is really good. I mean, every team in this league could probably win a number of leagues in the in the nation right now, and and that's saying a lot. I that's believe. Crazy. Um, yeah, all teams are ranked top thirty-five RPI, and I mean, some of these games. I mean, they're they're barely winning, and then they turn around and they'll lose, and you know, it's it's tough, and you know, it makes people think, you know, are they really as good as this team has been in the past? And you, I mean, you look at last year's team, the softball team, no one expected them to, you know, be as good as they were. Yeah, exactly. So, in a way, you can say that team overachieved, and now this team is what you would say about on par with what that team was, sure. but this team isn't overachieving. Mm-hmm. So, that's how I'm looking at it right now. And so, I, I think they'll be fine long term, but, I mean, that league is tough. <laughs> Sure, and I think any time, you know, in sports when you have these expectations, mm-hmm. you know, so many times they're often wrong and that can lead, a, you know, a fan or an analyst to sort of see that and think, oh, well, you know, they are overachieving or yeah. underachieving. Um, but it's solely based, you know, some people may have different expectations than others. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see where that goes. But now we're going to move over a little bit to talk about some Tennessee football. Obviously, spring practice is going strong. The Orange and White game will be on April 21st. Uh, we will have several people there, and we're going to start you off here with Will. Um, will, you've covered a little bit of football spring practice. You know, I think you yeah. wrote at least one article for us so far. Mm-hmm. Just So what have you seen so far from spring practice? What is there anything that you specifically noticed? And what is sort of, I guess, your preview for the Orange and White game as it uh, comes on the horizon? I mean, it's kind of hard to make predictions about this team because Pruitt is so you know tight-lipped about everything. But so far in spring practice, I've seen – we got to see a little bit of routes on air – and both Garantano and McBride looked pretty sharp. Um, didn't see a lot of drop balls. A wide receiver that stood out to me was Brandon Johnson, and I'd expect him to be probably one of the better offensive players this year if Trey Smith can't go. Um, the The running back room looked very thin because I think right now they only have three or four on scholarship, Coleman, Banks, uh, Fant, and stuff like that. But uh, in terms of the orange and white game, the things to watch would be definitely the offensive line because that is probably the – he the biggest kink in the armor of the Tennessee football team this season. 
they've only got what seven scholarship offensive linemen right now. So They're low on numbers. Yeah. yeah. They don't even have enough for an effective two yeah. deep in terms of scholarship. Which is linemen. an issue that's carried on over from last season too. Mm-hmm. When it they seems, struggled with yeah, that it seems the past few years it's been a struggle. So that'll be something to watch. It'll be interesting to see if their offensive linemen can really hold their own. Uh, in an actual game setting. And, of course, you know, there's a QB battle to watch. No one really knows who has the edge there. And in terms of that, you have Color Chris coming in the summer. But, uh, yeah, definitely the offensive line should be something to watch. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how the players that have changed position perform in the spring game, if they're still there. Like, you've got guys like Tyler Bird practicing at safety and Carlin Phils and me practicing at in the secondary. And then Princeton Font practicing at running back or, like, kind of like maybe a fullback hybrid. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, the quarterback battle and then how these guys that have changed positions, if they stick there for the spring game, how they perform in their new positions. For yeah. sure, and you, uh, and you mentioned, um, you know, the, the game-like atmosphere. That's pretty interesting because, you know, obviously Pruitt has, you know, mentioned that he wants us to be a full game. He wants, you know, to really put his players in that situation. But how many players do they have healthy to be put in a game-like situation like that in the offensive line? Uh, DeMichael, just you were about to say something. What are your thoughts on yeah, this? Um, you mentioned Brandon Johnson, and I'll, I mean, I'm going to say this until the season starts. This this wide receiver core will probably be the best part of this offense this year. I mean, you bring in a coach. I mean, I love Yak Johnson. He, yeah, they call him Yak Johnson. I mean, he's he's the king at that, really. Like, yards after the catch. I mean, if you watched Anthony Miller this year and – even other receivers he's churned out at Memphis and, you know, just the type of receiver coach he is. He's, he's really impressive. And, I mean, Brandon Johnson, he, he's always been known. Last year, a lot of his teammates always praised him for his technicality. He, they always say he's a technician when it comes to running routes. And he doesn't drop the ball a lot and those kind of the things. But, um, and I mean, you saw that a lot early on in the season. He was the guy that was getting, you know, he had like a seven-catch game and, he was catching a lot of passes early on in the season. And you combine him with the more explosive option, in my opinion, um, Marquez Callaway, who's the guy that's probably going to average above 15 yards a catch, catching the, the deep balls. And, you, you know, you have that nice tandem right there. And a guy um, that I've heard a lot of people talk about is Lante Taylor. He's he's looked really good from what I've seen. Um, the early enrollee, Alante Taylor, he's looked really good. looks like he can fit right into that mix. And, I mean, Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer, me and Tyler know this. I mean, he was the guy that got all the praise at the wide receiver position last year. Um, all the play, all the players, um, Butch Jones, they all said Josh Palmer could be, you know, one of the next big receivers to come out of Tennessee type thing. And so you combine it, you know, with Josh Palmer taking that step from his freshman to sophomore year, and you get a coach like Yak Johnson to team up with a technician like Brandon Johnson. I guess no relation there. <laughs> but but uh, And you get Marquez Callaway. I mean, we, we saw, we all saw the capabilities that he has. I think he'll end up probably being a top three, top four um, round pick whenever he decides to leave with um, how explosive he is. And you combine, you know, all of those pieces. And I think you have a really solid receiver core. It's definitely the position with the least amount of questions on offense. You have the offensive line. You have the lack of depth on offensive line, lack of depth at tight end. He just mentioned the lack of depth at running back. But you, you're getting a, a transfer, a graduate transfer, and, I mean, you, you have Ty Chandler. But still, I think that the wide receiver position will be the strongest position offensively at least. Yeah, and that will be very interesting to see if that does come to fruition because, mm-hmm. you know, 
with Butch Jones in his time, that was arguably one of the least strong position groups, yeah. I think, at least in terms of production. You know, I remember Butch's first year, you know, he had Ray John Neal was his running back, and he ran for over a 1,000 yards. And not to put anything on, you know, against Rajon Neal, but I'm not sure that a lot of people would expect him to come out with that type of production. I think mainly because they ran the ball so much. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for those receivers that, you know, Butch Jones had to really engage to create those plays. And so I think, you know, with Tyson Helton having worked in dynamic passing attacks in the past, mm-hmm. um, then bringing, you know, Pruitt said that they did want to run the ball, but I think, you know, bringing more, if they do bring more of a dynamic passing attack, oh, yeah. that is something that fans could definitely latch on to and be Yeah, like, I definitely happy think with. With, with Tyson Helton coming, they're definitely going to be a run-oriented team, you know, that, that power run game. But you look at USC historically, the West Coast-style offense that they've always employed, and they take their shots. I mean, that, that offense is always, I mean, during the Matt Liner years, they had probably two of the best wide receivers in the nation playing playing on that on that team with running backs like Lindell White and Reggie Bush. So that's not to say, you know, that um, they won't get the ball to these receivers. I mean, I feel like – like I said, the combination there, it's, it's like a perfect match when you have a guy who can get the seven- to eight-yard catches across the middle like Brandon Johnson, and then you have the guy when you go play action can catch the 30-yard deep ball like Marquez Callaway. Then you have an explosive guy who you can get the ball to on screens like Alante Taylor. It's just it's a nice mix that they have there. And Josh Palmer, he's just he's, he's physically gifted. I mean, he's a guy you can see catching a lot of jump balls down the road for this team. So they have a nice combination at receiver. Now you have to say, okay, will the quarterbacks, you know, be able to get these guys the ball? And that's the question right now. For sure. But that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. Thanks for watching. And also thanks to Blake and Will for coming on the show to us. You'll uh, likely be seeing a lot of them um, next year and then later on. But thanks for watching. Check out the Daily Beacons website for more sports content. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, the UTW Beacon uh, Twitter account, sports account, uh, whatever, wherever you like to get your news from. But thanks for watching. Uh, this is Tyler Wombles. That's DeMichael Cole. That's Blake Von Hagen. That's Will Backus. And we'll see you next time.